You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold, folks. All right, so again, here's going to be our... Uh, I shortened this up. I'm not going to call the IMF lady, Crystalina. I'm going to call her Chris. So we're going to have Julia is the host. We have Chris from the IMF. We have Frank, who is the governor of the Bank of France, the central bank. We have Axel from uh, Credit Suisse, uh, who represents the private sector here. And then we have Seth, who is the governor of the bank of thailand the thailand central bank so that's how we'll refer to them uh julia chris frank axel and seth so it's easier for me to stop and tell you who's speaking uh, instead of using all these long names all right folks let's begin here with julia we're going to go through this whole entire panel discussion uh today and the next uh, episode and then we're probably going to work on the international monetary fund panel discussion uh, i like to play these in full because there's just so much to pull out of them and i like you folks to be able to get a flavor for who who these uh prison planet wardens are and i don't find it to be as educational if i just cut three or four clips out of these things so i like to play them in full for you so let's begin with julia welcome everyone here in the room and to those tuning in online for this panel discussing central bank digital coins. First and foremost, I want to remind you that we would love your participation and we're using the Slido app. So if you go to slido.com and in the little bar at the top, you put in CBDC, it will bring you here. I'm gonna try and incorporate your questions as we go. So be kind, please, um, we will do our best. <laughs> And I also want to remind you on social, if you're sharing hashtag WEF22. Now, if there's one thing, and it might be the only thing up for debate that I think financial sector participants agree on at this moment is whether your bank, regulator, consumer, business, is that the current system can be more efficient. It can be more inclusive and it can be fairer. The big question is, how do we achieve that? And there are Okay, so as you see there, they've got to use those taglines those bumper sticker slogans about the system being more inclusive and the system being fairer and it costing less to transact the system has to be overhauled the decision has been made everyone agrees on this right so that's the narrative the stage has been set they've been talking about this now for several years so again, we're just showing you the decision's already been made. It's done. It's a done deal. Now we're just trying to dissect exactly how it's going to be done, figure it out, figure out when the rollout's coming, what phases it's going to come in, combine this in with what we've learned from the tech side, and we should be able to paint a big picture here. That's the goal of what I'm trying to do here at the Dust and Gold Standard. All right, let's continue. There are many ways of going about it. What if I told you 90% now of the world's central banks say they're investigating uh, central bank digital coins, whether pushed by the private sector, and I see some faces that I recognize in the audience, or working with the private sector, let's be clear. I think we all recognize that technology like central bank digital coins have the potential to reshape the financial system and revolutionize payments. Now, some Okay, so what we already know and what we've already proven here at the Dust and Gold Standard, there's no public sector and private sector. It is the state. 
All right. The so-called private sector funnels money back into the puppets, all these fake elected officials, whether you believe they're good people or not, or you voted for them, it doesn't matter. They funnel money to them through the lobbyists. People have known that for years. But the so-called private sector companies are getting all their money from the state. As you can see, just with what we covered today on Amazon Web Services. So the companies are allowed to exist because the power of the state allows them to exist. And then they funnel money back to the puppets that are just the WWE wrestlers that you get to watch on Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC fight with each other. Or if you're into real time and you want to watch the Truman Show, maybe you turn on C-SPAN. Okay, and you can watch these guys stand up in front of each other and talk nonsense stuff that doesn't really matter. We've also said here, it is our opinion on the show, World Economic Forum acts as a chamber of commerce between both the so-called public and so-called private sectors, bringing them together, and then creates all the marketing material for technocracy, because all of this stuff is part of technocracy and part of transhumanism. They're moving us towards the goal, the merger of the physical, biological, and digital worlds. That's all written about in Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The Force Industrial Revolution. All right. That's their purpose. That's what they are. Now, supposedly, they get all their funding from memberships. All right. So people pay a lot of money. I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars to join the World Economic Forum. And then that money helps fund the World Economic Forum. I haven't gone into a lot of depth on that. I'll eventually look into it on future shows. But I just want you to understand here when they're talking about the public and private sector people, they're all on board. Now, there's some infighting going on. I think you're going to see a little bit of this. I think it's genuine. A little poking between Frank, the governor of the Bank of France, and Axel, the uh, chairman of the board of Credit Suisse. You're going to see a little bit of those guys kind of bantering back and forth with each other. That'll be coming up shortly. All right, let's continue. Central Bank started years ago, and they're represented on this fantastic panel. They're also providing lessons, I think, and challenges to other central banks. The question is, what do we need to know? What are the macroeconomic, the geopolitical consequences? What are the benefits, but also the challenges of rollout? Data privacy, security, scalability, just to name a few. At the heart of any currency, how do we ensure trust? Mm. Particularly given the great turbulence we see across financial markets, but specifically in private crypto markets today and how new this concept is. We have to get it right first time. It has to be a benefit to users, but also minimize financial security and financial stability risks. I don't ask much. All right, so what she's talking about there is how are they going to design this system Uh, in a way that they're going to be able to get mass adoption. And everything that I've read and researched so far, they're very concerned about being able to roll out a campaign of mass adoption without creating a run on the bank. So they don't want you and all of the neighbors living in your neighborhood to run to the bank and try to cash out your checking, your savings, uh, other accounts you may have there and get cash because uh, they don't have all that cash. So they're trying to avoid that. This is a slow roll into it. They want what's called stability and trust behind this system. And you'll see them talk about this in great detail throughout this panel discussion. Let's continue. But I do ask much 
of what is a truly fantastic panel. Let me introduce them. The Governor of the Central Bank of France, Francois Villeroy. Okay, so that'll be Frank. Axel Lehman. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good work. Um, Axel Lehman, Chairman of the Board of Directors. All right, we'll be calling him Axel. Credit Suisse. Yes. Kristalina Giorgeva, the Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund. And we'll be calling her Chris. That's Kristalina. And last but not least, Setaput Suthiwa Naraput, the Governor of the Central Bank of Thailand. Okay, we'll be calling him Seth. We're going to have some fun. I think it would be remiss of me not to begin with what we're seeing as I mentioned, not only in broader financial markets, but in crypto markets in particular. We've got not so stable coins having significant issues. We've got governments that decided to legalize private crypto like Bitcoin. I don't want to mention Venezuela, but I just did. Now sitting on significant losses. Um, you name it, we've got turbulence. I think my first question to our entire panel is, um, what the heck's going on? Um, <laughs> in many ways, quite frankly, but, but in this specifically, and to all of you, but I'm playing to, to, to my governors, whether, mm. maybe to Kristalina too, um, whether what we're seeing is the argument, a proof of concept perhaps, of central banks needing to lead the way in payment systems. Kristalina, mm. I'll begin with you. Okay, so now she's going to go over to Chris. And again, this woman is the managing director of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. So she's going to start with her. This woman talks a little slow, but stick with me, folks, because this really does set this up and opens up a very wide conversation here on central bank digital currency. You're going to just start to see uh, from their mindset, their attitude, you're going to understand their character character and you're going to start to see the guys that are really in control of this system and each of them to me seems to actually know their place within the system that's what i find to be very interesting about this discussion let's continue well uh when somebody promises you 20 percent return on something that is not backed by any assets how would we normally call this thing I think we would call that a fiat currency. Um, no, I mean, they're not promising us 20%, folks. But they give you money, and the money is backed by nothing. Just a trust and faith in the government and or the central bank. Let's continue here. We would call it a pyramid. In other words, this is a pyramid in the digital age. But we should not be mistaken to immediately classify everything in the digital money world in a negative way because there are three categories. The first one is central bank digital currencies. They are backed by the state and uh, they offer finality when transactions are settled. This is a universe that, as you said, 90% of countries are exploring. Who crossed the finish line first? The Bahamas with the sand dollar. But now we have Nigeria stepping there and there are many pilots of which the largest universe of a pilot, which actually made me wake up and say, well, this thing is moving so fast that the International Monetary Fund has to embrace it. China with 100 
a pilot with 128 million participants. Now, the second group, these are the stable coins. Some of them deserve the name because they are backed by assets. And when they are backed by assets one to one, they're really stable. They look a little bit like money market funds, but they are money market funds in this digital space. And then we have lower degree of stability. The less there is a backing, the more you should be prepared to take the risk of this thing blowing in your face, which is what happened some days ago. I want to be very, very uh, direct that I do feel the, for the people who lost money because Part of the reason they lost money is not really being well educated on True. this new investment world. Okay, so what she's talking about is the three types of uh, digital money here. She's talking about central bank digital currency, which you know about. She is talking about stable coins, which you know about because we reviewed those on the show a couple of episodes ago. If you haven't listened to that episode, I suggest you go back and you find it. And she's talking about cryptocurrencies in general. That would mean Bitcoin and Ethereum and all of the meme coins and such that are out there. So she's talking now about the three forms of digital money. She's saying CBDC will be the most secure because it's backed by the state. Stable coins are secure if they're backed by the fiat dollars, but not if they're not. She calls them unstable coins or not so stable coins. And then you'll have cryptocurrencies, which she says they're not behind. Now, my personal belief, and this is my opinion, and eventually one day we'll investigate it, is that the entire crypto space was created with the backing of the state and the central banks and everything that has been built and developed, the framework, the infrastructure, the technology was all done to bring us to the point of central bank digital currency. So all these markets, all of these wallets that are out there, this was all created for the purpose of developing the underlying technology that brings us to central bank digital currency. That is my personal opinion. Not to say you can't make money on it, you can't swing trade it. I'm not advising you to do that. I know friends of mine that have had made, made money on it. They take uh, US dollars, they put it in, they buy some Bitcoin, they wait for it to go up or go down depending on how they're betting, and then they pull their cash back out and they make a profit, just like day trading stocks. Not to say you can't do that, folks, but I think this whole system was developed for the purpose of driving us into central bank digital currency, and I think that is a reasonable argument to make considering that we see the technologists that were behind setting all this stuff up and i'm not talking about uh satoki ashimoto this mysterious japanese guy who created bitcoin i don't believe that story uh it's like telling me to believe in santa claus and the easter bunny i'm just not going to do it um and so all these other guys like vitalak buterin that were funded by peter thiel they're all tied into the system they're all working for the government and government contracts they're all working for the central banks so you're not going to tell me it started for freedom and liberty and human autonomy and uh, prosperity and to fight the government and fight the banks when all these guys are now working for the government and working for the banks i'm just not going to buy it i will never push that story and i'm going to be open and honest it is my opinion and we'll further investigate that in the future ladies and gentlemen when i get back more from the world economic forum cbdc 
panel discussion from June 2022. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ping.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right back into this. We are watching the World Economic Forum June 26, 2022 conference on central bank digital currency. We are returning to uh, Chris, Crystalina. She is the uh, managing director of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, and she is talking right now about the three forms of digital currency, central bank, digital currency, stable coins, and uh, cryptocurrencies in general. Let's return to her. Um, and I want to go to the third universe, the, the crypto that is really not pretending to be backed up by anything, not designed to be backed, backed, backed up by anything. It is really the trust that is built in a way that brings value, it is an investment class. When we say, I always get upset and then I get occasional hate tweets, when I say that Bitcoin may be called coin, but it's not money. Why? Because a prerequisite for something to be money is to be a stable store of value. So you actually can plan around it. And when... Uh, the first country embraced Bitcoin, and I was asked, what did we think at the front? I said, well, it's a sovereign decision. Doesn't make it a good decision. And now we have another country that You actually that said to me, just that. because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. And I'll never forget that. But. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> so uh, my, my point here is that there are very important responsibilities for the central banks and also for other regulators, regulators of financial services, regulators of these asset class, to make sure that everybody can step into this world with some confidence that we understand that for CBDCs, the biggest question is interoperability. How are they going to connect to each other? But for stable coins, for um, crypto assets, it is responsibility for some regulation and financial education. I would beg you not to pull out of the importance of this world because of what Julia said. It offers us all faster service, much lower cost, and more inclusion. But only if we separate apples from oranges and bananas okay folks this woman is the managing director of the international monetary fund does she 
Does she? And I know many of you are just listening to the audio side of this. Um, you could check us out at pain.tv slash gold if you want to watch the video. Uh, does she instill confidence and faith and trust in this system? I'm serious. I'm serious. Does she instill confidence and stability and trust in this system now she was talking about interoperability and what she's referring to there uh, in my research this would be cross-border interoperability and being able to work within different systems across different borders now wide awake jim is going to come on he is going to talk about how they need to have it all working across all 194 countries from what i've seen that's not the case Uh, That doesn't need to be done. Now, what he's saying here in the United States is that they are going to have to pass, Congress is going to have to pass, the legislative branch of government is going to have to pass certain laws, uh, certain regulations and stuff to be able to get this done. Now, as we saw here a couple of episodes ago, we almost passed the CBDC and a digital wallet under the first stimulus bill back in March uh, 2020, at the end of March 2020. It was almost done. We know that Trump's top advisor, Jared Kushner, was looking into CBDC. We know that Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has been uh, toying around with CBDC. So we know this is all happening at the highest levels of government. We know that the Biden administration put out an executive order, I think 14067, on the development of CBDC. Many subsequent papers go along with that. So we see it coming. Now, I I would say to Jim respectfully, and I will when he's on the show, and we talk all the time, but if uh, he was on the show, I'd say respectfully, one, at this stage in the history of our government, where we're at today, many of which believe we're not operating by the so-called Constitution, many of which believe the Constitution obviously has no authority because it hasn't stopped everything that's occurred. Uh, A few people like myself that believe we're operating under a quasi-technocracy, basically a technocracy with an illusion of representative government. I would say that at this point, laws are merely a formality. I don't think we're governed uh, by a constitution any longer. And I think because of the so-called public-private partnership, of which World Economic Forum constantly organizes, of which Donald Trump helped uh, launch that into the lexicon here under COVID Land, the high school theater production, the beautiful public-private partnership, unbelievable people, great people, we come together, love the public, love the private, fantastic people, tremendous, so incredible people, so great. I would never say this, but other people have said, public-private partnership, greatest gift that God ever created since me since trump since trump i'm the greatest gift public private partnerships are the second greatest gift god on the eighth day made public private partnerships and then he rested he went back to the green room he smoked a benson and hedges cigarette he said i'm done i created the public private partnership so incredible on day one he created trump on day eight public private partnership everything in between not so great not so great but day one and day eight so incredible and one plus eight 
is nine. And if you flip the nine upside down, it is six. If you take three of those, you have six, six, six. So incredible. So beautiful. But no. So laws at this point, ladies and gentlemen, are merely a formality. And so I've said this to Jim. I know Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Friday, said to Jim, I don't know. Do they really need laws? Or do you at least believe that Congress isn't going to pass it if the central banks wants it done if the central banks wants the law passed if the federal reserve wants the law passed to allow these folks to push forward with a central bank digital currency then it is going to be done folks it is going to be done so when we return tomorrow all right for episode 107 i'm not going to open up with any articles i promise i have lots of stuff in the queue but i want to get through the rest of this World Economic Forum panel discussion tomorrow in episode 107 because then I've got to do the International Monetary Fund video and I've got to do the uh, Bank for International Settlements video and then this United Nations video and then we're going to look at a couple of videos from Joseph Lubin, the uh, head of Consensus. And so we're going to go through that tomorrow on 107. There are so many nuggets in this panel discussion. You are going to see the governor of the Bank of France, that's Francois, Frank, uh, who is going to talk about their timeline. And he says that they should have a euro central bank digital currency in full mainstream circulation uh, by the end of 2026, beginning of 2026. 27. So I have to lay all this stuff out so that we can go over it with Wide Awake Jim and then connect it into the research he's doing, of which I'm quite interested uh, in him explaining. Because so far he sent me about 150 documents between PDFs, uh, screen grabs, and everything else. He told me, I don't know what order we're going to do them in. So I started going through some of this. And Jim is great at explaining this material. So I think when we combine it in with what we're doing over here, we will have all the stuff we got from the technology side of this. We're going to have this coming out of the bankers and the bureaucrats. And then we'll combine in what Jim has. And again, we'll be able to paint a pretty big picture, a pretty clear picture of exactly what it is we're dealing with, uh, when it's going to be rolled out. And then I think we can start to look at solutions and talk about what people are going to do with their savings, what you're going to do with your checking account, uh, what you're going to do if you have a lot of cash on hand, what you do about investments, 401ks, IRAs, and stuff like that. I mean, that's eventually where I want to go because I do want to talk about solutions for people. And again, everyone is going to have a different solution to their problems because we all have different problems. We all have different goals. We're all on different uh, scales at times in our life different points in our life you know there's people listening to this that are 20 years old people like me that are 40 years old people that are 60 years old so everyone is up against a different timeline uh right now my main position my main objective is to figure this out for my son william who's three and a half weeks old uh what's it going to look like when he's 18 how is the world going to be set up how can i help teach him 
advise him, train him to be able to make his way through this crazy coming world. So for those of you with children and grandchildren out there, I think you're probably listening for the same reason. Because I'm 41, and to be honest, it's not about me anymore. It's about my child. Uh, I'm not really interested in ever retiring to Disney World and playing golf for the rest of my life, so I don't have to worry about that. But I would like to be able to uh, support my child until they're ready to go off on their own and get them ready to be able to go out and conquer this world and to be able to uh, not just survive, but to be able to thrive in this world. So ladies and gentlemen, take away today, you know this Ethereum breaking the back of the banks and the uh, government is a lie. Uh, They've got 50% of Ethereum runoff of Amazon Web Services who's contracted with the CIA, the NSA, the entire intelligence community, as well as the central banks. They're all working together as one giant system. It's all a scam, it's all a scheme, and it's all designed to drive us into the system of total control, central bank digital currency, which will control the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. Ladies and gentlemen, keep fighting back, keep spreading this show, educate yourself, whether it be here on the Thomas Paine podcast, Legal Man Show, The Quash, all the different guests who've come out here. Seek out the people that are telling you the truth, the people telling you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.